listening to TJBQ. Welcome to episode 11 of TJBQ. Two Jews with three thousand with two the Jews with three, with three thousand sports views, where we will not be deterred by technical difficulties. Welcome back to the pod, Adam Turk, co-host. Let's go. Host Let's with go. the most. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Let's jump right into it because got to get going while the getting's good, and while we still have a Wi-Fi connection. Um, so, uh, Eagles, top of the division. We're not there. We're starting what with baseball. No, no. We are starting with the Eagles. The game just ended. Top of the division. Are you no, as pumped as no, I am? No, no, no. Are no, you the rule as pumped is we go, as we go postseason <laughs> to regular season. You know this. Oh, my God. We have the a whole segment on the NFC East. The Eagles just won. Oh. I don't care, man. I this do is care. Eagles Post Game Live. I'm your host, Adam Karen. No, this, this, is is not the, Turk this is not the show Jewel. we're doing, man. Come on. Uh, we okay, got to go. go. We, ha- find, we have a, a, a schedule to keep here, man. Cody Bellinger is a beast. He made an insane defensive play in the playoff. Then he made a monster shot, taking his team to the World Series, and then starting off the World Series right with a win and a home run once again. How are you feeling about this World Series here, Jewel? It's only 1-1. I mean, the Dodgers are the Dodgers, and they're a really good baseball team, but the Rays are also playing well. Oh, and, I mean, um, the, Rays are, the Rays are a good team. Let's not – they're a very good team. No, the Rays, not I'm, I'm, the, you're right. You're right. Yeah. The Rays are a good team, but the Dodgers coming into the season were a World Series favorites. Oh, they are a super team. They made it to the past two World Series, and then they added an MVP candidate. Yeah, Mookie Betts is unbelievably good. Unbelievable. But I mean, the fact that there's the, the fact that it's a one-one series, you know, is something. But I've got Dodgers in six. That that was a huge win for the Rays. Um, this whole series, I mean, through the first two games, it still feels like, um, the Rays are just fighting to stay in it. Um, I mean, I mean, the the feeling throughout is just that the Dodgers are a better team. And I think most people are assuming that, but the Rays played a very good game yesterday. Uh, I sort of think that they're going to put in some grit. I'm bringing it down to seven games or bring it up to seven games. Um, Oh, give me a sec. I'll, I'll figure out who I want. I keep going back and forth. So really? why, why do you think the Dodgers? Why do you think the Dodgers? I mean, they obvious just, choice. to be honest with you, it's the obvious choice. And they just have so much firepower in their lineup. I mean, it's tough because they also have Clayton Kershaw, who I went on a little rant about last episode, um, how much he sucks in the playoffs. Yeah, um, he pitched a very good first game, though. He did. He, I mean, he did. Credit where credit is due. He after I called him loser of the week in the championship series after he screwed nearly screwed them out of that. Um, he did have a very good game one. Six innings, but, two two hits, one earned run, but and eight strikeouts. 
I'm not confident that Clayton Kershaw, when it really is clutch and you desperately need an out, is going to get it done. Um, that being said, the Dodgers still have a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, I'm game three. I'm picking the Dodgers. I think Walker Buehler is going to play a pretty good game. I don't think he'll get deep into the game, um, but I think I think he'll pitch well enough. And I think the Dod- I don't see the Dodgers losing two. So who's, such a, your, who's your pick? My final pick? I want the Rays. I, th- I think I'm going to have to still go with the Dodgers. But I'm, I'm going to give it seven. I'm going to give it seven. I think the Dodgers at some point I, – I feel like at some point since they this is the third time around, they've got to get there. And, they I mean, they have the talent. They have the coaching. I, I don't see – I mean, they, they have the pitching. Um. I mean, their hitting's off the charts. Possibly one of the best hitting teams we've seen. So I, I think this is the year they do it. Finally get over the hump. Keep Dave Roberts' job. <laughs> I mean, can you really fire someone after three World Series appearance, though? Like, I don't know. Also, I mean, credit the on a different – I mean, this is a different note, but Credit the Dodgers for still generating young talent. I mean, Will Smith really just had a fairly good postseason, especially recently. Not not a great beginning postseason. But this young catcher really coming onto the scene, only 25 years old, playing solid, good arm. Just credit them for good player development. Because if you look at their lineup, it's not like they've just traded for their entire lineup. Like they've brought up Bellinger, they've brought up Peterson, they've brought Seager. up Will Smith, they've brought up Seeger. Walker like, Mueller. Yeah. I mean, they are not like the New York Yankees. They haven't just went out and bought every superstar that every team has to offer. Um right. they they have went out and you know spent big on the guys that they need. But they also have done a really good job of utilizing their minors and, you know, putting together a serious lineup. Right. I mean, that that's the winning – I mean, that's the winning method in almost any league. Is if you can get good player development, build a solid core, which they have, and then it – I mean, they're a large market team. They have that money to then spend on a guy like Betts to just put a finishing piece that puts them, puts them over the hump. I mean, they're really doing it the right way. You know what? I think that makes a great segue. Speaking of doing it the right way, let's talk about a bunch of teams who aren't doing it the right way. Let's go. Let's um, top of the division. Segue into the NFL. Segue into the NFL. Are they really? Um. So I know we did this one the last time ATK was on the pod, um, but it's just become even more of a joke. Um, so we're going to talk about, we're going to jump into NFL and we're going to talk more NFC East because the Eagles are leading the division at two, four and one. The Dallas Cowboys are two and four. The Washington football team is one and five. And the New York Giants are one and six. And so just so for those of you who don't know, we're recording this after Thursday Night Football on the back of probably one of the ugliest division. Every 
every single division game that I've seen has just been ugly. Um, between the Eagles and the Giants, in which the Eagles played like garbage for three quarter, three and a half quarters. Whoa, the whoa, Giants, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, they played like garbage. The Eagles don't, started out the game well. We all saw they, it. The Eagles, the Eagles outplayed the Giants the first half. You said it. I we were talking not between the game. We okay. The Eagles were the better team in the first half. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm not saying they played well. Oh, do do we need a well well run team to win this division? Apparently not. Were no, they the better no. team? Well, someone yeah. had to win it. <laughs> In case you missed so, it, Eagles go down, or end up going into the half 10-7, end up going down 21-10 with a horrible third quarter. Long story short, end up scoring a touchdown, and then the Giants had multiple opportunities to end the game, including a pass to Evan Ingram, wide open. He dropped. And this was – for, so for those of you who don't know, the Eagles when uh, at the time of this pass, the Eagles are down twenty-one to sixteen with two timeouts. They're basically in if there's a first down, the game is pretty much over mode. Um, Very much the Giants are, and on third and it was what five or six, um, they loft a pass over the top to a wide open Evan Ingram, who may or may not have been able to score had he hung on to this one. He's got one dude in between him and the end zone. The ball caroms off of his hands. Um, and the Giants are forced to punt back to the Eagles. With two minutes to go, the Eagles drive down the field. And on one of the ugliest goal line stands I have ever seen, um, the Eagles go to third down. The Giants commit a penalty. Um, then the Eagles on first and goal from the two commit a face mask. And then after committing the face mask on first and goal from the 15 or the 18, the Eagles finally punch it in. And then on the ensuing drive, strip sack Daniel Jones to win the game. And one of the ugliest NFC East games. The Cowboys game last week was just as ugly, by the way. Oh, my God. Cowboys-Giants was also a terrible game. They, they at least had a lot more points than that one. But We weren't sure if there was going to be football this year, and I'm pretty sure the NFC East is still not sure if there will be football this year. Look, you have one team with a name change, two teams who are really badly injured, and one team who's tanking. What do you expect? Before we even go into how bad these teams are, did you see that the Washington football team may keep their name for an extra year? That's – okay. So here's the thing. (laughs) I don't understand why the NFL struggles to to, – apparently the NFL's name approval process takes a long time, which is mind-boggling to me in the first place. But what gets me is how going into a season, do you not have a name, a a list of names even on the docket for the end of the year? And how in October are you telling me that by next August you will not have come up with a name for this football team? Who is running this team? Is Dan Snyder just like AWOL? I mean, yes, yes. <laughs> Not to mention, how are you going to end up choosing a name that's called the football team? I mean, 
what they're putting on the field doesn't look like football at all. You're right. I mean, all right. So joking aside, but let, yeah, let's get to the real stuff. Let's get to the real stuff. Like, who do we think actually wins this division? Because the Cowboys looked like at least they're really, really good on one side of the ball. And, and then Dak Prescott goes down. So another offense isn't great because Andy Dalton does not look good. I mean, he was no. embarrassing. That team was embarrassed on Monday Night Football against the Cardinals last week. Embarrassed. Dalton looks, Dalton looks bad. Their offensive line looks worse. And their defense Zeke looks worse than the O-line. Apparently doesn't know how to do anything. Their defense oh, is I mean, worse than the well, O-line. We, we knew going into the season their defense was a complete joke. I mean, even, even if you want to say that their offense was doing really well, which I think that was helped because of how bad their defense was and because of how often they were playing in garbage time. I mean, their defense is awful, and now they're – I mean, their offense against the Cardinals looked bad, to say the least. Zeke was the only one getting anything going at all, and he and still he fumbled, fumbled twice. twice, which were huge. I mean, we'll see. Because they – remember, this is division week in the NFC East. Washington – because the Giants played the Eagles, and now we get to see Washington play Dallas in a real barn burner – um, who is Washington's starting quarterback? This Kyle Allen. Pretty sure it's Kyle oh, Allen. I, I. You could make a case for all three of their quarterbacks to start, if we're being honest. Like, I don't, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is terrible. I don't know why they don't just ride the year out with him personally. Yeah, I, but I, you I could totally also very. That. You could also very much make a case for Alex Smith. Um, who's yes, he's coming off an injury, but he is probably the most proven quarterback out of the bunch. Oh, and then obviously, by far, he's he's made deep playoff runs. He is he is a qualified quarterback if he's if he's fully healthy and if they think he's back. Right, and then obviously, if you don't think he's healthy, and I guess if you really don't want to start Haskins, I guess you start Kyle Allen, which. I mean, unless you unless you just really want a high draft pick, <laughs> is it is the NFC? Do you think the NFC East is tanking for Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> the entire division. It, yeah. it is pretty. It is pretty funny to look at the Eagles and be like, "Oh, they could have a top ten draft pick," and then you could also be like, "Oh, if the season ended today, they would also be in the playoffs." Huh. But like, because if you look at the Eagles, right? They are also a very, very injured team. But the other thing that's not helping them is that Carson Wentz is playing like Blake Bortles. Okay. Okay. Are, do you, should we go into this now? We're going into this. I brought tell, up Carson Wentz. Tell our fellow fans what you said during this game. Look, who, I'm not going be, to lie to you. Be? Carson Wentz looked bad. And I was tired of watching us go three and out, drive after drive after drive. And my quote was, because you're not, you're, you're not doing me justice here because you're acting like that I said no matter what. My quote was, if the Eagles lose this game, Carson Wentz should be benched. Now it's a mute point because the Eagles won the game. But he was playing bad enough to be benched. So do you think that the Eagles should start Carson Wentz? Like fully, you're all chips in. Wentz is your starter. Next week, yes. 
I'm look, he won on the game. He's my starting quarterback. He look, I got though, because before he had those two drives at the end of the game, and he's an NFL quarterback on those two drives. <laughs> I said that one should be benched after three three and a half quarters. When Carson Wentz was going three and out, three and out, three and out, ex- trying to extend plays for way longer than he should and making bad throws. That's why I thought he deserved to be benched. Are you done? I'm done for now. So many, okay, so many problems with starting Jalen Hurts. One, you already are committed to Wentz. You gave him that contract. At that point, you have to ride him out at least at the beginning of, your, of the contract to see w- where you can get with him. Two, he obviously has a massive ceiling. I think he has one of the highest ceilings in the league. When he, he is extremely inconsistent, but he makes plays that no other quarterback except maybe Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes can make. On a fairly consistent basis, he, do, he has at least one or two of those plays a game. At least. Although he is inconsistent with passes that he should be making. Fully agree. Three. Yes, he hasn't been great this season. The, the first game, obviously, the second half was horrible. The Bengals game was bad. Looking at this, the past two games, though, but not the Giants, past two games, there is absolutely no chance Eagles are in either of those games if Wentz is not their quarterback. The Ravens, he was literally making every play. There was one play where he, it was, what was it? It was a second and long, third long. No one was open. He had no, no blocking whatsoever in front of him. And he literally ran out had a few spin moves and got 40 yards on a run. He was making plays out of nothing, literally nothing. So you've got to put that into account. And then even if you want to take Carson Wentz fully out of the equation, you have a team right now, you're missing your offensive line. You've lost seven offensive linemen going into today, right? So you're – Guys are either practice squad or just picked up other than Jason Kelsey. Your wide receivers are just as banged up, if not worse. No one there. You're missing Zach Ertz now. You're missing your running back. Do you really want to have a young quarterback make his starting debut behind no offensive line so he's facing pressure the entire time with no weapons there to help him? You're, I mean, you're setting a quarterback up for failure. That's why Wentz, it's hard to see how, how good Wentz is right now because you're setting him up for failure. Anything he does is essentially crazy good if he does anything well because that is how little they're giving him right now. You can't look and, at the starting position and quarterback in the NFL like that, Adam. But oh wait, and finally – the Eagles are have one of the older teams in the league, right? And they have one of the most – I mean, they do have one of the most injured teams too. But they have one of the older teams, which means that they are buyers – or not buyers. They are in this to win this year, 
And realistically, they have a playoff spot up for them if they want it. Also, the past few years, or the past two years, the Eagles have started very slow and then picked it up at the end of the season and became legitimate teams, even got a playoff win two years ago. I don't see why you would want to put a quarterback in that position, take out a, a young quarterback who you just have who you have money in, who has a huge ceiling, when you're in a playoff race about to go into your biggest game of the year where if you win this next game, you are handily in first in the division. Just to be totally real. Yes, yes, your record sucks. You're still ahead of the division by a good amount. So there's two things I want to get to in response to what you're saying. First off, when I say bench him, I do do not mean for the rest of the season. I meant for a game. Now, to be fair, I actually did not check the schedule and I did not realize, I forgot that we were playing Cowboys next week. That being said, I only, I mean, when I say bench him, I mean a game. Give him a look. If you're going, if this is the product that you're putting out on the field, you do not deserve to be a starting quarterback. Sit down, get that shit in your head and figure it out. That's first off. Second off, I have a question, Adam. Have you seen a game where Carson Wentz has been great for the entire game this year? Name a name name a week where Carson Wentz has played a complete game. I would say the Steelers game was pretty complete. No. How many points did they put up? How many points did they put up? The Steelers game is the closest you're going to get, and he was okay. He had two – I mean, technically the Whoa. second pick – Technically, the second pick, I don't really count. But Would you agree that the Steelers are one of, if not the best defense in the league? All right, fine. One I'll of the best defense. He, had, he, had right? a, he played a, a decent game against the Steelers. He put sure. up 29 points against a very stout defense. And then the next week, he put up sure. 28 on the Ravens, who are – I mean, those are two of the top defenses right there. He put up 14 – bro, no. This, like – I make this. I can't make this argument about Dak Prescott and not make it about Wentz. He put up two touchdowns in the end of the fourth quarter in a dying game. For the Ravens, he did against the Ravens. Yes, that game was basically over when he started playing. Yes. What happened? What happens if Doug Peterson calls a different play and they run two yards for a two-point conversion? And then they happen to win the sure, sure. If, if 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 everything gets lucky, he gets back in the game. But my point is, is for the first three quarters of that game, Adam, Adam, for the first three quarters of that game, did he do anything? No. But who does That's he have? Point. He has no one around him. What do you What do you think that? I mean, benching him for a game isn't going to get him an offensive line. It's not going to get him wide receivers. He needs chemistry with his guys because. If you, if you watch the offensive line, they have absolutely no chemistry with each other because they have literally all been put together within the past few days. Why not get him not... chemistry with his receivers? Get him more chemistry with Fulgham, who seems to be the only guy there. Get him back to where he was with Greg Ward last year. I'm not saying that, like, look, I'm not saying that he has weapons because I know that he doesn't. I understand but the fact of the matter is, is he is not hitting receivers right now, Adam. There are a lot of receivers that he's not hitting. He is also, yes, he has a bad O-line. 
That being said, you have to understand that when you have a bad O-line, that means you have to get rid of the football in a quick and timely manner. You cannot dance around the pocket 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. That is what is the problem. You're, you're fighting a losing battle, though. Because on one hand, you're saying, well, you have to get rid of the ball. The, uh, the O-line sucks. And then in that same sentence, you're saying, well, he also has no weapons around him. So he's got to stop making bad decisions. And he has to find open guys. If there's there no is a guys, way to make – no, because there is a made, way to make good decisions when you're passing the football, even if you don't have great receivers. Wait, wait, wait. If there's no open guys and you're facing pressure – how do you, you know there's no open guys? You can't get the ball out and Adam. make good decisions. You're asking, you're asking him to essentially be the team. And you can't a quarterback is essential to having a good offense. A good offense needs to be a good offense without their quarterback as well. What? <laughs> so you're saying don't what? That makes no sense. That just doesn't make any sense. Which this will be a great segue into our quarterback rankings. Just wait. You're going to enjoy this one, Julia. Jesus Christ. All right. So our next thing that we decided to do, we're going to do two top fives today. First top five is we're going to do top five quarterbacks. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in, we've never done top five before. So – as a good top five maker, we are going to, I'll give you the criteria that I gave Adam for when we decided to do this top five. We are, we're doing top five quarterbacks in the league, but we're not doing top five based on how they're performing this year. We're not doing based off of overall pedigree. Um, so like, obviously if we were doing overall pedigree, right? Tom Brady would be number one on our list because he has six Super Bowl rings. We're doing it based off of if at the start of the year you had to pick a quarterback to try and lead you to the Super Bowl with any average, we're we're assuming that your team, all it needs is a great quarterback to make the Super Bowl. These are the top five guys that you want leading your team to the Super Bowl this year. Is that, did I explain that pretty well? You think top five quarterbacks? All right, Ed. Give me your list first. Coming in at number five, former MVP, Lamar Jackson. I think that they're doing a bad job of using him this year. I think he could be higher on this list. But at the same time, I don't think a mobile quarterback is really the best in this case because I think he's a good passer. I don't think he's a great passer. And I think there are other – guys in the league who are great passers and who can also have a mobile side to them. Okay. Coming in at four, Aaron Rodgers revitalized playing with some actual weapons. As much as people want to come at them earlier in the season, Aaron Jones there, Devonte Adams there, Marquez Valdez scaling. Not bad. We all know Aaron Rodgers is great. Perfect passer. We know his Hail Mary ability, his long passes, accuracy, definition of a pocket passer. Don't think we need to say much there. New guy on the list, number three, Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. Interesting one. All right. I could see Julian either getting annoyed, confused, 
sort of compelled. But Josh Allen putting up stellar numbers doesn't have much around him. I mean, Dev- Devin Singletary, they do a lot of running. Devin Singletary, not bad, not great. He does have a uh, new addition, Stefan Diggs, having great seasons so far. Um, also, Cole Beasley around him. But he's someone who's really come into his own this year. Really good passer, but he can also run, which most people don't look at that much. And there's a big drop-off in between two and three, or two and everyone else in my mind. Number two, Julian's favorite, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, interesting. You got Mahomes at two. All right. (laughs) And this is where it gets fun. As much as I love Mahomes, as much as I've seen from him, obviously he has the star talent. He has those plays that are just insane. He has the no-look passes. He has the left-handed. Whatever you want, he can give you. But the one thing I do want to say about him is that he's working with the best tight end in the league, one of the fastest wide receiving cores with Tyreek Hill, the fastest guy on the field, one of the fastest guys on the planet. And he has been showing out. He also has Clyde Ed- Edwards-Hilaire and the one of the best uh, coaches in the league. Not to take away anything from Mahomes because he is an incredible quarterback. I just think there's someone else here who has proven to me even more than he has. And that is Russell Wilson. He has been insane this year. And really, if we look at it, he's been insane for years now. They have had absolutely no one around him. And he still brought them to the playoffs. And finally this year, they got Chris, they, or they've had Chris Carson for a year now, but he's healthy. He's playing well. More importantly, they got DK Metcalf, who's been having insane large games, really opening up the. Tyler Lockett's still there. And they have a little bit more on the line for him. He's someone who is an incredible passer, and he is incredible outside the pocket. And I think that is what differentiates him. If I'm just thinking, about a random team, I don't know if I have an offensive line. I don't know if I have receivers there. I don't know what's around him. I don't know the scheme that he's in. Russell Wilson, I think, is good enough to do anything. And I think he's someone who, even if your line sucks, he's one of the few quarterbacks who I think can get around that. And I think he's proven that he can get around that. Interesting. So I don't – there's a couple of things I don't like too much about your list. Um, I could see, here's the thing. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do my list first so then we can talk about it. So for me, you may not like this one. Actually, this, this one's very good. At number five, I've got Deshaun Watson. Now this year has oh. not been great, but I put that down to Bill O'Brien being an absolute dunce. Um, so, and he, I think he does a very good job. You talked about guys being able to get outside the pocket. He's a guy who also has no O-line right now. Um, and he's won his last two games since Bill O'Brien has been fired. Actually, no, they, he's won one of, out of his last two games. They lost to the Titans. My bad. Um, but they put up a fight against one of the better teams in the NFL right now. and One of the few undefeated teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, And I think that overall, over the past few years, he's shown that, you know, 
He can manage games. He can make the big play running or throwing the ball. And he's a guy who's just always making the right reads, always doing the right thing. He always says the right stuff. I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. Um, so he's my number five. Number four, I've got Lamar. Um, I've got Lamar ahead of him because, honestly, because I think he runs better than Deshaun Watson does. Um, I don't – it's interesting. I think you could – it's kind of a toss-up between those two because Deshaun is a better passer, but Lamar is a much better runner. Um, I think the I one think- thing you could say is Lamar's playoff, exper- playoff experiences haven't been great. But I do have confidence in him to turn it around. Um, And I just think, you know, he was the MVP last year. He is a very, very dangerous quarterback when he has the ball in his hands, whether it's throwing or running. Um, So, yeah, I've got him at number four. Number three, I've got Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think it's interesting. He's a guy who's like, he's kind of, one of the last of the guys who were elite in the early 2010s, who you can say is still really up and firing the same rate that he was then. Um, and honestly, purely because of his experience and because of the fact that, you know, he's been playing in big games for the last 10 years. And to be honest, they don't really help him out too much. Um, you just look at this year where – you know, his number one receiver is Devontae Adams and his number two and three are, you know, Vaudez Scantling and who's the, I don't even know who the other guy is. Two, a bunch of mediocre wide receivers. Um, and they drafted a quarterback in the first round instead of, you know, improving their offense. Uh, so I look at that and Rodgers is number three. But like you said, I think it's a huge drop off from three, to, from two to three. Except I've got Russell Wilson at two. Um, it's tough. I really think you could go either way on this one. But I think that the reason that I like Mahomes more is he looks just so – for me at least. He looks – Russell Wilson, when he does his mad scrambly thing, it looks a lot more like you cue the circus music, right? Pat Mahomes, to me, even when teams blitz him, just doesn't look phased. He always looks like he's in control. He always looks like he knows, even when he's rolling and when he's flushed, it looks like he knows where his guy is going to be. And, again, you, you're, you're right. He does have more help. Um Certainly it is game planning and the play calling that he's given. But I just think he is just a kind of quarterback that probably will not, we will not see for a long time. Um, I think it's, I, again, I think it's close um, because Russell Wilson has been that good, especially this year. Um you can make a case for Russell Wilson being towards the top of the league pretty much any year, but this year he's been on a different level. However, 
I think Mahomes still kind of has an extra gear that he hasn't quite gotten to yet. Remember, it's his third year in the league. For that reason, the fact that he's this good in year three, I'm going with Mahomes. What are you? What are your, What are your thoughts on my That's list? That's fair. Man? That's fair. I mean, I've got to say, you didn't put Josh Allen anywhere. I, I think was thinking of Deshaun Watson, yet. but. It's hard to say he's not there yet when they're they're playing so well though. I mean they really I mean, are. They my... continue. My thing though is if you look, he hasn't looked fantastic his last two games. Right? And yeah. the other thing is last year he wasn't fan like he was okay last year. Like this has been his first his first season where he's legit. And I think this is the first season where you can really – you can put him in the top 10, right? I th- think he's definitely in the top third of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But I just don't think he's quite at that level that you can really say he's one of the five guys that I'm putting in as, as a top quarterback in the league. I think there's five quarterbacks that you can make that debate for, and it's – they're all younger quarterbacks with the exception of Rodgers. And I guess Russell Wilson isn't that young anymore. But I mean, Allen has Allen has fourth most yards in the league in front of Mahomes uh, and a few others, really only behind uh, Prescott, uh, Matt Ryan, and um, uh, Watson. That doesn't matter. Uh, yards do Josh- not. Yards, yards, yards is a useless stat for quarterbacks. Fair enough. He has second most touchdowns in the league. Only four interceptions. And his QBR. Don't give me QBR. I don't care about that stat. He's third <laughs> in the league in QBR. That's I, I also am very much because that that's my that's my favorite skip Bayless argument is why Dak is the best quarterback in the league is every week <laughs> Dak's QBR is good. I'm not a – but look, I'm, I'm not saying Josh Allen is not a very good quarterback right now. Which, like, but I just think that if you look at the other guys that you're putting on this list, they have had more than one season of six games where they've been brilliant. That's fair. I really liked Josh Allen's season last year, and I think, I think he's a really underrated quarterback. But I, I see where you're coming from. I'll give you that. I think I think Kyler Murray is also starting to get in the talk of getting your top five. He looked insanely good I against don't think so. Dallas. That that doesn't impress me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that just you look looked like he's tallest midget in the circus, man. Like fair enough. But he I mean he's He's doing well with a team that doesn't have a ton around him. I mean, yes, he has Hopkins, but like other than he's that, got, he what are you talking about? He doesn't have a ton around him. His wide receivers are Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk wasn't anything special without him. Kirk, Christian Kirk was a good was their best receiver last year, though. Right, and Larry Fitzgerald is old as time. Not to come at him, he's a very he's a solid receiver, but at this point he's on the telltale end of his career. He is not like he's, he's probably their third receiver. 
Yeah. He'll make well, he'll make yeah, a player. Hopkins he'll make right, he'll make a player too. He's not great. I, I don't I don't think they have nearly as good of a uh, team around it. But I, I mean I, I don't put him in my top five. I just think he's starting to get near that conversation. Debatable. That's a different debate. But that look, is a different debate. Top five wise, top five wise. We gotta let's come up let, let, let's come up with a communal top five here. I I really hate what they're doing with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I really I I mean like I get what they're trying to do with the passing and like keeping him in the pocket a little bit more, possibly like elongating his career a little bit, making him more dangerous at times. But that's not who he is. No. Like there's there's a way there's a way to improve upon that and have him there more without fully stopping his game. I mean, when he played the Eagles last week, he looked like he was just stuck. Like he and that's not who he is. He should be able to get out whenever he wants to. And that's what makes him such a good quarterback. And that's what what will really open up the field for him as a passer and what makes him so potent as an offense as a whole when he's on the field. All right, then. Let's start with our five spot. Do you think Deshaun Watson deserves to be in the top five? I really like him. I don't know if he's there yet, but I really like him. I would – Oh, he, I I was debating between putting him in before. I I I would I would I'd put him in. I'd put him in. You put him in. Yeah. What about? Because to be honest with you, I could I I I could see sliding Lamar down to five because genuinely this year he has not been great, and is also the other thing that that concerns me with him is it looked it looks better than it. His first year in the playoffs, he was terrible. And he looked better than he did in the first year last year. But he still has yet to win a playoff game and hasn't looked particularly potent in either one he's played. Whereas his, Deshaun Watson single-handedly carried the Texans to the one that they played against the Bills last year. And a huge characteristic about being one of the best quarterbacks, I mean, you look at Brady, Breeze, uh, Wilson, Rodgers, all of them are clutch and good at the end, know how to run a two-minute drill and come back when you, you don't want to give them the ball back at the end. Lamar Jackson's game just isn't styled that way where because he's so much based on being mobile, as soon as you go down by a little bit or as soon as there's not much time left in the game, it sort of takes away a big facet of his game where Rodgers, Wilson, I mean – even Brady still, you're trusting them at that point. And I think that is a big thing to think about, especially if you're trying to bring a team through the playoffs and to the Super Bowl. You know what? Based off of our criteria, I'm actually okay slipping Josh Allen at the five spot if we put Deshaun Watson at the four spot. That's where I'm leaning to. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's that, where I was got, thinking. So we've got Josh Allen at five. We've got Deshaun Watson at four. Are we fine with Rodgers at three? I yeah, we're we're in weird agreement here. I think I mean because it's interesting because I think when you look at like the guys that you would put Rodgers against, you would put him like a lot against guys in his era of like Brady because you got to put at least I think in the top five, you really have to put at least one of the older real legit quarterbacks in there 
in my opinion. I mean, obviously, technically, you don't have to have to, but like, I think <laughs> I mean, Rodgers is the only one of them if you compare him to his counterparts of Rivers, Roethlisberger. Those guys are a little older than he is, but he's still around that era. Um, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Brady Breeze, um, him. I mean, the the only people who I would really be thinking about up there with him would be either Breeze or Brady. And, I mean, Breeze, it looks like every play he's sort of looking around, can't find anyone, and he just dumps it off to Alvin Kamara, which it works somewhat well for him. So, good for him. That's not making him a special quarterback. I don't see him carrying any team any right now. He's Brady, I – Yeah, but Brady, I see a similar thing where it's like, I think they can be – I think they can be successful. I don't think they're taking the team anywhere. Where when I look at my top five quarterbacks and I look at going into a blind team, I want a guy who can carry a team and turn it upside down and really run the place. Where I think Brady and Breeze are leaders at this point. I think they can get the ball to where it needs to be. But I don't think they could do much past that at this point. And I think Rodgers can because I think he's got that – uh, wow, I'm trying to go baseball and say command. He's got that accuracy uh, with his passing. He does. And he also – people underrate – people forget this all the time about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, obviously, he's not Lamar or Russell Wilson. Like, out of the guys in the top five – actually, we didn't put Lamar in the top five, but even Josh Allen, you would say. Yeah, everyone – everyone like, when you look at our top – like, everyone in our top five is a lot more mobile than Aaron Rodgers is. But he still has that ability that, like, if the rush is coming and he feels it, he yards and get a first down for you. And that's what makes a great, in my opinion, part of it, is great quarterbacks can, A, the passes when they're in the pocket, and, B, what happens when you blitz them? If you blitz them and they crumble, that's a problem. But if you blitz them and they're able to read the rush – scramble a little bit and find the open guy when, you know, not much seems to be going on. That's what makes a great quarterback. And I think that there's a lot that there's a lot of guys in this league right now that have the capability of doing that one out of five times or one out of 10 times. But the great ones in this league are guys when you're rushing them and there's three guys in their face, they're not scared and they make the play nine times out of 10. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's sort of a shame because I think a few years ago we were looking at the quarterbacks and we were saying how um, how great we may have of a few years of quarterback play given how many older guys seem to be still playing agelessly and how many young guys at the time Wentz, uh, Jackson was just starting, Patrick Mahomes, Watson, all of them were coming up. It really looked like it was going to be a great time. And honestly, right now, it's sort of looking a little bit bleak where there's a big distinct distinction between first, second, and everywhere else. Oh, yeah. I mean, we I, I, as soon as – well, the thing is when, when you did your list, right, when you were just doing your list, as soon as you said who the number two was, I knew who the number one was. Right, right. So, Wilson and Mahomes is such a tough debate, dude. It's oh, so it's for me. For me, it's not that I don't think Mahomes can 
be that number one and can be that guy who can take a team of nobodies there. But to me, I just know that Wilson can because he's done it. Um, and he also has tons of playoff experience. I mean, obviously, Mahomes just won the Super Bowl. But, I mean, he, he almost – he basically brought his team to back-to-back Super Bowls. I know that one pick. I, sure. I mean, he, br- he brought his team to back-to-back Super Bowls. Almost once back-to-back. Um, but he's proven in the playoffs. He's proven he could do it with no one around. That's sort of just my thing where it's just like, I know Wilson can be there. I'm pretty sure Mahomes can too, but it's not as positive. That's fair. I just, when I watch Mahomes play, I just feel like he's just in a different level of quarterback. Whenever the thing that when, when I'm like, for example, when I was watching the Ravens game, right. They blitzed him pretty much every single play. And every single play, he made the right throw, and he made the right read, and he scrambled at the right time. Russell Wilson also has a knack for doing things like that. I am completely with you. That's why it's very, very close. These guys both. These guys are probably, when you blitz them, I don't – I'll phrase it differently. I don't understand why teams blitz either of these guys. It doesn't work. That's fair. (laughs) That is fair. The reason that I'm saying Mahomes, though, is because with Russell Wilson, when you game plan, right, your game plan is we have to spy. We have to make sure he doesn't scramble a lot, right? Right. With Mahomes, what I see teams doing now is the game plan is we are not going to let them make big plays. We are going to load the back so heavily that they are forced to go underneath. That's what the Bills were trying to do last week, at least, right? And in on, in all honesty, they've had a little bit of success with that. I mean, the, the Chiefs have not looked as potent this year as most of last year. And is that, say, they're digressing? Or not digressing. Um to say that they're they're not as good, I don't think so. But there is a little bit of that proven, j- just fully being proven in Russell Wilson, and I don't think he's uh, past his peak yet. Jury's still out on that one. I think you know what I think is the deciding factor in this debate. I think this is one that we can't really gloss like finish up yet because you know. I think that the better QB out of the two of them will win the next ring. Does that make sense? You, you're, you're saying either the Seahawks or Chiefs win the win the Super Bowl this year. I'm. Oh man, Seahawks Chiefs would be a fun series. That would be a very fun baseball. Fun Super Bowl. I think so. I mean. It would be the ultimate determining factor, I think, um, to see them play against each other, to be honest. But it's kind of – although, like, if you think about it, neither team actually has a defense. The Chiefs are starting to get a defense. Uh, they just got 40 burgered by the Raiders. <laughs> okay. But before that, gave up 20 to the Texans, 20 to the Chargers, 20 to the Ravens, 10 to the Patriots. That's not bad. And then 17 to the Bills. And the Bills and the, and the Bills have been 
Oh, the Pats. Okay. The, the Pats. Yeah, was was Brian COVID Hoyer stricken. and Jared Stidham. COVID stricken. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's hard. It's hard. Right now, What's... I'm slightly putting Wilson up there, but I, I think we're gonna agree to disagree on this one because I think we both are yeah, very close it's... to. <laughs> The other thing is, I think it's so early in Mahomes' career that it's you know what, just because just because uh, Wilson has done it for longer, I'm willing to give it to him. Yes, but that's just a for now thing. I think if we have this discussion in five years, I think Mahomes with his three rings, um will easily be the guy that everyone's fully saying agree. is the best quarterback in the world. Fully agree. Yeah, fully agree. I just think – I mean, the question is right now. So, I, I, th- I think that's where I'm at. I think it's – I think we're, like, right right on the, like, passing the baton stage where it's, like, Wilson to Mahomes. But, okay. That one well. Now, so I, I like we, the rankings. We, I like the rankings. It's a good debate. It's a good debate to have now. Now that we've just finished that debate, do we have time for uh, how long have we been going for? What an hour? Yeah, we're, we're wanna, going on now. Uh, I think we should just jump into our predictions for the week. I think we can I'm, save. I'm we've got. We. I think you know what it it makes more sense to do a midseason power rankings anyway. Um, and if you're on in two weeks then the next time that we'll be doing this will be week eight of the NFL season. Oh, I'm down. Right. I'm down. So we got some good games so, in between them. So. Contrary to what we said before, we, we're, we'll only be doing one top five this week. We're going to save the top five teams in, in, for um, a different debate. By the way, next week we have a really interesting one. Me and Noah have a couple of debates coming up. We're going to be doing – top five franchises and bottom five franchises at some point. Ooh, in all Over sports? the past. We're going to be, we're going to be of, of the uh, 21st century. We're going to be doing top five, bottom Ooh. five franchises. Oh, that's good. Uh. For, for those of you who listen to the pod regularly, that's going to be one to tune into. It's going to be really interesting. Um, but for now we have the docket of this week. There's a few um, that really piqued my interest. We're going to save the best one for last. We're going to start with a division game. No, not Washington, Dallas. No, not Bill's Jets. Because I know everyone really wants to watch Bill's Jets. Um, We're going to start with Panthers-Saints as our first game this week. Surprisingly, two three-win teams. Obviously, Panthers have played an extra game. Saints coming off of a bye. I think that I think the extra week will get them. I think the Saints are a better team. I think they have a, more time to game plan and with Sean Payton as their their head coach, I think they know how to do that well. Um, I think there's a chance Michael Thomas plays after being benched after his injury. I'm picking the Saints. I, I, I'm picking the Saints. I'm with you. I mean, the Panthers haven't won 
bad at any point this season, but I don't think there's been a time this year where they've really been convincing. Um, if you look at their wins, right, they've got wins against they, – they've been they've, – they've lost to the Bears last week. So they're coming off of a loss, which isn't great. Um, but if you look at their wins, uh, they've beaten the Cardinals, the Chargers, and they beat the Falcons. Those are not three great teams. Then you look at their losses, and they've played Raiders, Bucks, and Bears. They've lost all three. Based on that trend, um, they tend to lose to teams that are better than them record-wise. I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah, I mean, Panthers seem pretty average. I mean, considering that, like, Matt Rule is a first-year head coach and Teddy Bridgewater they signed in the offseason. And, again, Matt Rule, first-year head coach, was Temple's head coach five years ago. So, like, the fact that they've started off the season so, so like, not three and three, pretty solid achievement. Um, not to mention they lost CMC. That definitely hurts them. Um, yeah, I didn't even remember that. I mean, to be fair, Mike Davis actually hasn't been that bad, but Christian McCaffrey is a top, he's probably the best back in the league right now, um, at doing both. With Saquon, time in a yeah. He, he had a thousand thousand last year. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's definitely got the Saints. So now we're going to move on. To the battle of ineptitude and the worst division in all of sports. Paddle for first, I guess second. In the NFC least, Washington plays Dallas. Who you got? So going into the season, as much as I didn't like Dallas's defense, um, I think their coaching is subpar. Not a big fan of them, or hate them. But don't don't think they're that good of a team. Um, think they're the better team over Washington. Washington obviously doesn't know who their quarterback is, doesn't know who most of their players are. Um, so you would think Dallas is gonna win. But as we can see by watching the NFC East, this division sucks and no one knows what's going on. So you know what? I'll pick the one win Washington football team to tie up the Cowboys and end up going. Two and oh, they're going to tie up in the division, not have a tie on the game. That would that's hard to predict. That <laughs> can one. you predict the tie? <laughs> <laughs> can you predict the tie? They both just don't score anything. They just they just lose by default. They both lose. Zero, zero um, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, the chaos and see uh, Washington get two wins. Have the entire NFC East, other than the Giants, have two wins. So I'm gonna be with you for. For a different reason. Ready for this? I'm I'm one for one on backup quarterbacks playing well. My prediction is Kyle Allen is going to be so bad after one quarter that Alex Smith has to come in and Alex Smith is going to win them the game. Oh, I'd I'd be happy about that one. That would be fun. I, I mean, I would an, very much an, be happy about it. But another thing you have to look at is that if Washington has a strength, it's their defensive line. Uh, obviously, Chase Young from the draft ha- having a fairly good season. Um, they also got uh, Kerrigan. Has he, and, he hasn't uh, been injured yet? 
I don't think so. Unless I'm surprised, I missed it. Dude, he, lasts, so. he always lasts till like week four and then he's done. For, he always – every time Washington plays the Eagles, he's there and he looks like a monster <laughs> and then he's not there the second time that we play them. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, but they, I mean, their D-line, their D-line is their strength of anything. The Dallas offensive line is old and beat up right now. Very similar to the Eagles where their offensive line is having issues. Not as bad, but still pretty bad. Um, Zach Martin may be out with this game. He left last game early. Um, and Andy Dalton does, doesn't look mobile at all. So I think I think that also will play into Washington. The, the one thing to keep in mind, though, with this game is the Cowboys do have the best player on the field on both sides of the ball, on, on either team. Zeke Elliott is the best player in this game, and it's not close. But they struggled to run the ball against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals' defense, we could talk to Noah about what he thinks about it, but they're okay. They don't really inspire me. And the struggles that the – like – Putting up only 10 points against the Cardinals defense is a serious disgrace. Oh, totally. And you have what you have to look at is I mean, I mean, this, basically this this podcast is now about the offensive line. Offensive line is huge in the NFL. And yes, Zeke didn't have a good game, but I think that's large part because they didn't have an offensive line. When you don't have an offensive line, you're not gonna get the same hole, you're not gonna get the same time. And, I mean, we saw that with Saquon, with the Giants' mess of an offensive line. So, I do think, even if you want to say Zeke is the best player in the game, I do think that's going to play a big role in it. I don't think he's going to be able to find a ton of room. All right. So, we're running short on time, so we're only going to do one more. But that one more is a good one. Two of the remaining three undefeated teams this week are squaring off. We have the 5-0. and This game was postponed from two weeks ago, was it? Yes. Um, the, and, and both teams are still – they were undefeated then. They're undefeated now. The 5-0 and Steelers and the 5-0 and Titans facing off. This is a tough one to pick who you got. Well, lots of interesting matchups. I mean, obviously Tannehill, Roethlisberger, two stout defenses. Uh, coaching-wise, uh, Ray Bell. Oh, I can't say his name. Ray Bell. Um, and Tomlin. I, it, it should be a good one. I'm rolling with the Steelers. I really liked their game plan that they've come out with a, bun- a bunch of times. I think Roethlisberger – Looks good, but I think they're putting him in a position to win where they're not putting a ton of um, pressure for him to do anything special. They're mostly saying, get get the ball out quick. We'll have guys open. Um, Claypool's obviously been playing out of his mind um, past two games. Uh, they still got Juju. I, I, think, I think they're the better team, and I think it's going to be a hard-fought win. I'm going to go the other way on this one. I think grind them out, uh, tough defense to middle of the pack quarterback game. The run game is going to be a big factor. And oh, who is that lining up on the Titans side of the uh, 
on the of the of the run game, Derrick Henry, a guy who just smashed for two hundred yards last week. I think that the Titans are good enough to pound the ball against the Steelers defense, and I think Derrick Henry's going to have another big day, and the Titans are going to win. And everyone's going to be pissed at them because they screwed up the NFL schedule, but they're going to be <laughs> sitting pretty now. Jay, I mean, James Conner is nothing to scoff about on the other side either. James Conner is a good back. Oh, come on. I can't bro. believe I didn't mention the running backs. That's a good, those, there are some good matchups. I mean, they, they don't compare. They don't compare. Derrick Henry is the better running back, obviously, but Conner is still one of the best, one of the better, if not in the top like 10 running backs in the league. He's a say. very good back. Yeah. He's a very good back. Yeah. Um, he's having a solid year too. I it should be a good one. It should be a really good one. It's really gonna come down to which defense plays better because both of these teams are like they're good offensively, right? But the real heart of their team, actually, I think this is more on the Steelers than what's gonna be really interesting to watch is the Steelers defense versus the Titans offense when those two units are on the field because I think that those are each team's stronger unit. Um, I think the Steelers' offense is good. I think the Titans' defense is good. But when you really think about these teams and what makes them good, it's the Titans' ability to both run the ball very effectively and throw the ball effectively, the, the kind of dynamism that they have with their offense, and the talent and ruthlessness that the Steelers play with on defense is what's going to be really interesting to watch. Um so, I think A.J. Brown's status will also be big for this game. I mean, he's yes. questionable right now. He's coming off of an injury, but he had a very good game last week. I think that's a, I think that's a big uh, factor in this. He is, he is their big play guy. He's – because he's, when you look at, at their offense, they are a very run-focused offense because they have Derrick Henry. But when they air it out, the guy that – he can he can, he does two things well. A he he tracks the deep ball very well, and B he's fantastic after the catch. When they get him in space, that offense is tough to stop. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of tough and winners, yes, <laughs> this was this was the segue that I went with. <laughs> it's time for winner of the week. Ad, who you got? Oh, you are putting me on the spot. I, oh, oh, there's so many good ones. I'm going with Cody Bellinger. He had a rough regular season coming off of an MVP year. Um, Dodgers obviously still played well. Um, he still played fairly good. But, I mean, he played a pivotal role in this playoffs and he really came alive and he just looks dangerous all over right now. I mean, he had that insane catch uh, to rob a home run already. He had that home run to break the tie in the eighth against the Braves in game seven. Um, And then he started off the, the uh, series with a home run to really set the tone of game one. I'm going to go with Cody Bellinger, getting right back on the right foot. And also, just another thing, he dislocated his arm celebrating so much. 
But I mean, he stayed in the game. But that's just that's just insane. But stay in the game, man. Well, who is your winner? I'm gonna stick with baseball. My winner of the week is the Rays. Why? Because they got rid of the cheaters, man. Hallelujah. Astros are not winning the World Series. What a day. Thank you, Rays. (laughs) Thank you, Rays. (laughs) Okay. Loser? Big loser this week? It's, dude, it's so hard not to pick the Jets, but we made the losers like three out of the last four weeks. I'm going to say... Just make them eternal losers. We they they will be in conversation for loser of the year. I mean, like, I can't do I can't do this rant again. I'm sorry. Uh, already getting hype for the New Year's TJBQ. Get ready, we are oh, going man. all out for all year. I'm going to go with. Thank you. You're really saving me there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> for my loser of the week this week, you know what? Why not? I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> to uh, a few reasons one did you watch their 18 play drive against cardinals yeah yeah it was disgusting <laughs> i mean it took them six tries from first and goal on the three to get the ball in. and it took it took three tries and a penalty and then two more tries for them to get the ball in from like the two it was quite enjoyable off, Second off, Zeke fumbled twice in a game, which, you know, on back-to-back possessions, which is unfathomable. In a game that that they're looking at him for leadership, too. I mean, without Dak, he is supposed to be the leader of that offense. Yeah. I mean, they have not been helped by the fact that they lost Dak. It also doesn't help that Christian Kirk ran untouched on a – Go route, 70 yards to the end zone. Oh, and by the way, when the Cardinals were trying to run out the clock by giving the ball to Kenyon Drake, he also went 70 yards to the house. Unbelievable. I looked because I, I turned the game off after the Cowboys scored because I'm like, okay, I wanted to see if they, how their drive would conclude. Obviously, this game is over. It's been over since halftime when they were down 21-3 or whatever. I want to see how this I, – I don't need to watch the last two and a half minutes of them running the ball in garbage time. And I missed a touchdown. Long one, too. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you just can't tackle. The Cowboys are the worst defense in the National Football League. And with their injuries and incompetence from players on their offense – they're a bad football team. I mean, I can't talk. I support a bad football team. And again, we've hammered this the entire episode. The NFC East, what? You know what? Screw this. The NFC East is the loser of the week. Every team in that division sucks. I would rather watch a three, three NFC West teams make the playoffs than watch one NFC East team get blown out in the first round. The NFC East is not my loser of the week. All four of those teams. Even my own team. My own team deserved to lose tonight. I'm not going to – like, they missed a 29-yard field goal after they they had – first off, the Eagles had 
two Giants turnovers that they couldn't convert on, including one where they had the ball at the 10-yard line, threw it three times, incomplete three times, and then shanked the 29-yard field goal to end the half. Washington has no quarterbacks. The Giants can't run the ball. The NFC sucks. That's the title of the episode, man. The NFC. It's a it's a long season. I would not be surprised if the Eagles or hate to say this, even Dallas found something going down this going down their season, made the playoffs, and maybe even pulled out a playoff win. I I, I really don't think. I think I think they're really bad right now. I don't think it's right to fully count them out if one of them – or not if, when one of them makes the playoffs. But fair choice, fair choice. Who's your loser, man? MLB is the loser of the week, and I hate to say it, but uh, it's pretty bad right now. I mean, they lost COVID because they were the ones who got crushed by COVID more than anyone. I mean, the NFL seems to be doing okay. I could not tell you how. NBA got their champion crowned, had a full bubble – had lower viewership by a good amount, but they still did it, didn't lose a ton because they did already finished their season. Same with the NHL. MLB had to cut it very short, almost didn't even play. Um, and then, of course, they didn't give the right uh, um, sanctions to the Astros, and they're getting a ton of backlash for that. And then... To make it worse, they go into the playoffs. The Astros do well just to throw it in everyone's faces. And now they're fighting for time with – or fighting for viewership with the NFL, the election, uh, until recently the NBA playoffs. And World Series game one, they had the lowest uh, viewership since 2008. And, I mean, these two teams aren't – I mean, the Rays are – a small market team with a not a big fan base and the Dodgers obviously are a bigger market, but they've also been there the past two, uh, two years before this. So they're not, it's not as, uh, as majestic and a must watch TV for that, for everyone in LA. So I think, I think lots of things have hurt the MLB and I think they are my loser of the week. It's been a rough season for them, man. It, they they really got started. killed. They couldn't even get the agreement going, and oh, but Eagles win. That is what matters. Eagles win, and they lead the NFC East. It is a great Thursday night. Beautiful. Enjoy the weather. This has been TJBQ. I'm Adam. That is Julian. See ya. Have a good night.